The Nissan X-Trail, described on the Nissan website as an SUV with muscular styling, sounds like singer-songwriter Barbie Almalbis, who you can hear in the background. In 2020, Barbie's song Money for Food was used in the X-Trail ad because of research done by Homonym, a music solutions agency that creates sonic identities for brands. Think of it as logo design or copywriting, but for your ears. In this B-Side episode, Homonym founder and CEO Mike L. Constantino explains sonic branding and the music-first approach to Business World reporter Bronte H. Laksamana. How did you come up with the idea that the Philippines needed a music solutions agency? Well, as a musician, I didn't have any place to go if I wanted to ask anybody about music stuff. And then as a marketing person, as a digital person, my friends would always call me, hey, may ka bang artist? Or, hey, I need to license this song. Hey, can you help us with this event? We need music for it. My wife and I put up the company, so she's our COO, because there are so many gaps that we can fill. In the beginning, we listed down all of those gaps, and then we've just pivoted here and there ever since based on what the industry or the ecosystem or the market needs. It's just really a response to those gaps, just making sure that artists know where to go if they have any questions or if they need advice on how they can monetize or earn revenues from their art. And then on the business side, just to fill that void of where does an agency go if they want to license a song or if a brand needs an endorser to sing or become a brand ambassador musically for their brand, where do they go? So now they have a place to go, they call us. You also deal with audio data. So how does that work exactly? How do you get this information? And what do brands usually ask from you guys in regards to the audio data? When we started Homonym in 2016, we wanted to look at data because that's what clients need, right? For us to make strategic decisions together. Apparently, no one ever made a study on Philippine music and there's no data on it. So we actually commissioned our own study, which we've tried to do every year and we update that. So we actually know what a 16 to 19 year old who likes R&B, we know what shoes this person is wearing. We know if this person is commuting. We know if this person's mobile phone is an Android or an iOS. We know what shampoo they're using, if they like Jollibee, if they like McDonald's, if they're a Globe subscriber, if they're a smart subscriber. You know, agencies love data and when we can give them insights into the campaigns that we do together with them, it's always a plus. Uh, We actually publish the data to share it with everybody. It's on our website, so they can just go to homonym.ph and there's a tab there uh, that says music research, music data. They can find uh, the top line of our study there. And if they need more granular data, they can call us and we'd be happy to sit down with them and see how we can help them data-wise. Did you see if anything changed over the past year since you've started doing this when it comes to Filipinos' taste in music and what they listen to? In terms of what they listen to, not so much. You know, hip-hop, R&B is still huge. Hugot is still huge, you know, very sentimental music. The team was talking about it earlier today about EDM. Like, 
is EDM still big? Because there are no clubs to dance in. We're going to track that and see what happens there. The changes that we've seen, though, would be more on the habits. Pre-pandemic, Filipinos listen to music two to four hours a day because of traffic. You're on your way to work. You're on your way to school. Now it's six hours a day because everyone is at home. You know, whether they're listening to it via Spotify or they're listening to it via YouTube and it's playing in the background, they're doing something else. Six hours. You know, in the U.S., it's two to three hours is the average listening time of, of a U.S. listener. So the Philippines is six hours. It's huge. And since you're reliant on audio data, how much do you actually experiment or play with the music you provide for brands? Our approach is very scientific. So we won't recommend anything to a client unless we profusely studied it. So the margin of error in our experience has been quite low, actually. So our batting average is quite high. Uh, we've done dozens of sonic identity, sonic branding processes and campaigns for our clients. I will say we've only missed once. The client was like, that's not what I'm looking for. That's not what our audience is. You know, we have the sonic identity process that we do. And um, we call it uh, brand harmonization and audience tuning. So you harmonize with the brand essence and then you tune it with specific audiences. So we use music data, we use music psychology. Uh, in the past, we've used neuroscience. We do a lot of research before we even recommend something. So just because one million new followers, new artists, we're not going to recommend the artist based on that. There's a lot more that goes into it. In order to understand how this works, let's use the clip that you sent us okay. and you can explain what went on in the making of it and how it was the right music. So let's play the clip. So hope you enjoy that. So um, Eon, the agency of Nissan, got in touch with us and said they wanted to do a music marketing campaign to promote the Nissan X-Trail. And the process is we would send a brief. It's a typical brief that an agency sends to a client. And then we use that to start our sonic identity process. As much information as we can get from the client, the better so that we can really get to the bottom of the brand's essence. And um, when they told us that the target market was females, then we did our process. So we figured out the age group that they were looking at. And then uh, we figured out the music preference of that age group. And when we figured out the music preference of that age group, we started researching on the top music of that generation. We have this process we call 14 to 24. 
And it simply means that every human being that was ever born from 14 to 24 years old, that's when they develop their personality, their identity. And the music is a big part of that. So for females, the music that you listen to, Bron, from 11 to 13 years old is the music na nakatatak na sa utak mo whether you like it or not. So it will elicit uh, physiological effects. You'll be sweating, you'll be tapping your feet. For males naman, it's 14 to 16. So we figured out those songs. And then from that process, we determined that Barbie Almavis and her music would be perfect for the campaign that we were going to do for X-Trail. So we looked at her catalog and then we determined that Money for Food, her classic song, was the perfect song to use for the campaign. And we presented our findings to the agency and to the client. They loved it. This was pre-pandemic. We recorded the sounds of the X Trail in the studio. And then we had Barbie work with another talented artist, uh, Zaris, a looper artist. And they recorded the sounds of the car. And then we produced an entirely new version of Money for Food for the commercial. And that's the song that we use for the campaign, the song that you listened to just now. Aside from approaching it with music first, what are the differences that you have in comparison with other agencies that aren't music first? I think the glaring one when we first started was in the Philippines, people consider music last. They're going to do a storyboard, they're going to shoot it, they have the talents, everything in place, and then they're going to give it to the scorer and say, lagay mo ng music. In other markets, like advanced marketing markets like North America, for example, the music is first. They actually have a music supervisor as part of the team. Satin kasi copywriter for copy and then art director for visuals. Sila yung magkatuwang. In other agencies, there's a copywriter, there's an art director, and there's a music person. They ideate together. For us, the Music First approach has a lot of advantages. Because you know the song, the director can get a vibe right away of what you're going for. That typically affects the casting. It affects the cinematography. Anong kulay ba ng vibe na to? You know, it affects the location. It affects the tone. And then when you shoot it towards the song, like what we did for an Ease and Extra one we listened to, the editor has such an easy time because the director already shot to the parts. So when you give the editor the footage, mas mabilis yung process. The directors we've worked with with the Music First approach, they appreciate the approach kasi nga the feel of it, kuha nila kagad. You mentioned that you work with brands, you work with artists and film also. What is the breakdown of what your work is usually of all those things? I have to categorize that the pre-pandemic, it was mainly brands. I would say maybe 60% brand work and then 40% licensing work. A year and a half ago, people were producing a lot of content. Games, films, ads, short form, long form, commercials. So licensing was actually our bread and butter. And that's a lot of people know us for that up to now. And then the pandemic hit, like productions are halted, not just here, but globally. I would say right now, brand work would probably be at least 70, 75%. And then 25, 30% would be monetizing image and likeness of artists because it's hard to make music these days. And 
it's hard to pair music with content because it's hard to make content these days. So what we've been doing is, I guess, 70% uh, brand agency work and then 30% PR, marketing, music influencer work. Isn't the audio identity of a brand part of the usual package anyway? What do you say to make people see that what you do is essential as well? To us, sonic branding or like the sound part of your branding is very important because that's the only way you can make them feel. So if you see a logo, visuals, this is neuroscience, uh, make you think. And there's no local brand, as far as we know, that has really embraced this. You know, um, we're working on a couple right now that will be super end-to-end sonic branding meaning really purposefully including it in their campaign and purposefully putting it together with their visuals. And hopefully uh, you guys can see that before the year ends. It would be a great case study for everyone out there. You mentioned that the pandemic changed your work and what you've been able to do because of how it affected creative industries. Do you foresee that this will continue to be like this for a long time or do you think it will get back to normal you know when i said we used to do 60 70 percent brand work a lot of that was events we would mount the boomerang awards you know we would help mount digicon we would do tons of bar tours we would do lots of shows here and there we can't do that anymore you know that's why we've had to figure out how to sustain ourselves sustain our team, sustain the people we work with, like the suppliers and the behind-the-scenes people for events, uh, sustain the artists. We've been waiting for that change to happen. It's like a Oh, okay. Na. And then lockdown again. Oh, okay. Na. Restrictions again. Right now, the climate is we're just waiting. Like We're all ready. The suppliers are there. The stuff is just there being maintained. We're looking forward to that. We call it revenge gigging because people haven't gigged in a year and a half or two years once it's game again. And you're seeing this in the U.S. now. With the licensing side, we're looking forward to that time as well when people will produce more content. So it's really just a matter of us figuring out uh, what to do after the pandemic because during the pandemic, we were forced to do other things. Because of our pivots, we discovered that music influencing is a thing. And PR agencies love us for it. Clients love us for it. And then the artists love us for it because there's a new way for them to earn revenues without necessarily having to gig these days. We just need their image and likeness. We tell their story. We use their networks and their following. And then everyone achieves what they need. It's an entirely new community that a brand can tap. And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard Mike L. Constantino, founder and CEO of music solutions agency Homonym, speaking with Business World reporter Bronte H. Laksamana. You are what you listen to. And by analyzing the songs that are on heavy rotation in your playlist, Homonym can give brands a picture of who you are, from the shampoo that you use on your head to the shoes that you wear on your feet. And on the flip side, Homonym can also create sonic identities for brands as a form of subliminal advertising. If this song makes you want to go on a road trip, then Homonym has done its job. 
This B-Side episode was recorded remotely on August 19th. This is Samuel Marcelo. Thanks for listening. <laughs>